Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's Feel Good Friday, March edition. Happy March, everybody. It's the month that we all look forward to. I mean, it's it, now. Do we go from one of the worst? If you guys are considering February is one of the worst uh, sports months, is March one of the top five? Yeah, I mean, I still prefer October, but I like March. Yeah, I think September is my favorite because that's where you get into you like the college. race or the pennant race. Well, yeah, you've got and MLB baseball wrapping up, getting into what the playoffs are going to be. Then you've got college football, NFL football. It's it's all good. And you it's have all a, those things in October, but now with conference yeah. play. Yeah. A little I'm a, cooler high I'm a, school football. I'm a, I'm a huge, huge September fan. You yeah, can't go it, wrong with I those I still two consider months. September summer. summer. So yeah. you, you get a little bit of summer with all the fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I like you Labor Day, too. Labor Day weekend. Give me a three-day weekend as well. You can still get out on the course on a nice day. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can in October here, too. But September, for sure. October can still be a crap. Yeah, show. I'm not getting shut out in September. I can't yeah. remember a time that I was ever shut out in September as far as, oh, yeah, there's Unless snow it was on the ground. Pouring. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's okay. You that'll that'll happen in June. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the 42 degree hotline. Andrew's been waiting on hold patiently. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Hello, guys. How are you doing? All right. Good. I think you're giving February a bad rap. I, hey, bad look. Hey, hey, hey. Nick, Andrew, Nick doesn't. Nick Andrew, I stand up for February. Everybody else in this studio, between Gary and Jimmy, and I, I'm sure Connor does too. I don't know. I shouldn't paint him with that brush. But everybody else gives February such a bad rap, man. I'm, I'm standing up for February. Well, that's good to hear. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was watching the game. There was Creighton wasn't on, obviously, and there wasn't a lot of games on last night. And, uh, no. It was. It seems like when where does this put Nebraska? And when Nebraska kind of goes south, they start kind of throwing up some, like you said earlier, crazy oh. shots. Yeah, like they they charge into the, you know, they go into the paint and they just throw up some crazy shots. Yeah, it it was it was really not the way they played lately. No, Andrew. They they get they get into they get into this this weird I think like mental sense of urgency where it's almost like even if they're down and, and I noticed this last night if they're down by maybe a couple possessions they they feel like I mean it could be in the first half that they got to make it up in one trip and you just you see these very oh, yeah. odd ill advised shots whether it's a a one-and-done three, or they get in the paint and all of a sudden it's you don't even draw iron on a shot off the backboard. It's just, yeah, it, it was really evident yesterday. It's it's good observation. And uh, so it, this weekend you've got the Creighton Marquette game, and mm-hmm. it's senior day. And I was thinking about Creighton's roster, and Kalkbrenner being kind of a throwback center, not like the center that's played in the NBA nowadays, mm-hmm. kind of a throwback. I think he comes back next year. It's possible. I'm and just, he's he's I'm got that option. It's possible. All right. So well, are you are you more confident that are you like like sixty forty comes back or are you even more confident than that? 
I'll go 75-25. Oh. He comes back. I like it. I like it. So. Okay. I just think it, his game's an old-fashioned game. Yeah. That I agree with you, Andrew. If he was my son or if I was him, I would say, take the money while you can get it. Yep. That's uh, that's uh, okay. I, I see your point because his style isn't is maybe transformative in the NBA as it is invaluable in college basketball with NIL and being able to make a decent living now being a college basketball player, especially one of his ilk. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Yeah, why not? You know, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. All right, man. I appreciate it. Andrew. Have a great weekend. You take care. Bye. Um, good that's, point by him. Yeah, so the, the three seniors that will walk tomorrow are Kalkbrenner, Farabello, and Baylor Shireman. You know, Baylor isn't coming back. He came back this year. Uh, Farabello, no. And the one that could is Ryan Kalkbrenner. Now, it is also important to mention that Stephen Ashworth will not be walking, even though he's technically a senior. He's got another year of eligibility. He's not even walking I, I know that there was the it was thrown out there that hey not only could Ryan Kalkbrenner come back but Stephen Ashworth could come back and Gary mentioned this too I always just kind of thought that when he transferred to Creighton that that was seen as a two year thing to begin with now Stephen Ashworth has played himself into a conversation that we weren't having about him earlier but is that a conversation of where he needs to forego a year and start thinking about professional basketball I'm not going to say that. No, I mean, not especially, definitely not the NBA, but I'm even talking about playing overseas at some point, maybe. But I think Stephen Ashworth coming back would be great, not only for this team, but I just, I, I think the opportunity to make money at Creighton, I don't think there's really that big opportunity out there that, say, a Trey Alexander is going to experience at the next level. So you do have... Those three for sure walking tomorrow, Kalkbrenner, Shireman, and Farabello. To Andrew's point, Ryan Kalkbrenner right now, you're just not seeing in the first and second round mocks. His skill set is one that I think is very valuable. His skill set is one that I think could be utilized at the next level, at the NBA level. But as far as the decision of staying making money, being a, a key cog to what is you know really going to be an interesting year on how you replace some major pieces with Creighton's big three, mainly Baylor, Shireman, and Trey Alexander. But if you can get a Ryan Kolkbrenner back and you got a Steven Ashworth back and you're able to kind of fill in around those guys, guys like Jason Green and you know, the players that we've seen have a role on this team, and Mason Miller, okay, then all of a sudden you're talking about maybe not as big of a, a dip in production and where you're kind of in between the whole rebuild, reload thing. I think if you're with if you're coming back with a Ryan Kulkbrenner and a Stephen Ashworth, then you probably feel like you're doing a little bit more of the reloading than you are necessarily the rebuilding. And that's not to take anything away from the production that you get from Baylor Shireman and Trey Alexander. That's, that, that's going to be huge to try to replace that. But I could see the lure being very attractive for Ryan Kalkbrenner. And Andrew, what we didn't mention, and this was something that was brought up by Gary earlier in the week, and I think it's a good point, is Ryan Kalkbrenner is getting married. 
And Jimmy, you congratulations! Got, I've you, gotten married too. You've you got have? you've gone through this. I've gone through this. I don't know about you. My first year of marriage, uh, we weren't necessarily living in the lap of luxury. Uh, we were we were doing everything we could to piece things together when it came to our finances, because between weddings and starting out on your own and doing that, you know. It's not that easy. Nick. You know what? You could give yourself a nice little soft landing uh, as a newly married couple, too, with that sweet NIL deals that uh, that you're going to get. Uh, Nick, I am um, on my 12th year of marriage. I work in radio, and I married someone who worked in TV. Trust me, there will never be a lap of luxury, <laughs> just student loans and debt. Uh, uh, that's... I mean that's the that's the reality for for most people. I get why advisors said you really should try and get like a like sure sales you, job yeah, or an sure advertising you, job. Sure, this is the career path you want. Okay. Yeah, but okay. I don't like any of that other stuff. I like sports and I like how you, radio. How do you feel about ramen noodles? You yeah. like those? Okay. Cool. Well, you know you don't put, if you don't put all that's a key. If you don't put all the seasoning, it's not as bad on the sodium for you, which is good. And they're like, you know what? You know what else? I, I heard they do. I, I heard like movie theaters have specials on Tuesdays. So okay, yeah, you should be okay. Yeah, go ahead and pursue that. Car wash. Yeah have specials on Tuesdays. (laughs) But, I I mean, that's another factor. There's a lot of, and this is what's so interesting about name image likeness and what it now creates when it comes to decisions like a Ryan Kalkbrenner and other athletes that could move on and probably play professionally. Whether we're talking about guys that could go to the NFL, guys that could go into the NBA. But, you're not going to get that lottery type money. You're not going to get that guaranteed contract type money. You're going to have to sort of earn it. You might have to go through the G League. You might have to go through, um, you know, the practice squad for NFL teams, MLB. You're going through the minor leagues, and you're, you know, just hoping that that signing bonus can keep you afloat for a little bit. This is where NIL, in my opinion, is a very good thing for college athletics because you do see now teams that stay a little bit older because especially for programs that are positioned well with name, image, likeness, they know they can come back and have a pretty sweet deal. Hell, even, if, Jimmy, if it's something that is, I say basic because I feel like a lot of schools are at least doing this, even to have your car paid for. Maybe you have an apartment or something of your, your living paid for that's better than just like a college dorm or you know college housing. You have things that you're able to work out with name, image, likeness, where you're making it easy on you. And in this case, if you are about to become married, your family, you're making things a lot easier. So the money that you do make can go into things where you can put away and you can feel pretty comfortable. You you you, you know you grind it out in in the G League. There's no guarantees that you're going to get what you want to get out of that right from the get go. So. It's an interesting decision. It really is. So, Andrew, I don't. I don't think you're alone in thinking that there is a good possibility that Ryan Kalkbrenner comes back. That one's going to be interesting. It, it will be. Uh, getting back to his his comments about Nebraska and what I said about the shot selection, it it tends to happen, yes. But I don't know, Jimmy. Last night we've seen the ill advised threes, and Nebraska is. I wouldn't say they're so different than anybody else when it comes to feeling that panic. A team goes on a run and you feel like the only way to sort of squash that run is by, you know, out of transition, you get a stop and pop three, you knock it down. All of a sudden you're feeling good about yourself. You quiet the crowd and now you kind of try to go on your own run. CJ Wilshire, Casey Tomanaga, Rink Mass, they were all trying to, to be that guy. 
It was the shots that they were taking inside that were good looks. And this is where I know this will probably put a smile on Zach the Lego Maniac's face. This is where our boy Rink Mast had a really, really tough night. There were, I, I, I almost lost count. There was at least five that I can remember vividly of turnaround next to the rim looks that he just couldn't get to go in. Now, this is again where Robbie Hummel, I think, was giving him the benefit of the doubt and just talking about how he had such bad luck. And yeah, there's a little bit of that. But at some point, when you're as big as rink mass, if you're over six foot ten and you're that close to the hoop and you're having those types of looks, yeah, every now and then one's going to fall off the back of the iron. Okay, happens. But man, he was missing a lot. I mean, a lot of shots. Yeah, I'm thinking about a nine-point game, and everybody keeps looking at that free-throw discrepancy. And that's something, yes. But if you go back and watch this game, count how many times that Nebraska had a good, clean look in the paint. And it wasn't just rink masked. I don't want to put it all on him. Juwan Gary missed a couple of them. Um, Casey missed one. Sam Hoiberg missed a couple. Like, there were good looks where you either beat your man off the dribble Got a good look at the rack, trying to finish there. Or you had some entry passes into the paint, a good look on one of the blocks or in the middle of the paint, and you just couldn't get it to fall. Yes, sometimes it just, shots aren't happening. But to have that many looks and not to get them to fall, that was discouraging. And then it was equally discouraging is I'm, I'm going to put my, this is where I would, I was probably most frustrated with the ill-advised three-point looks. If you're not making shots, period, and you're putting money that, hey, something's about to start falling, we need to keep shooting, aren't you putting your money on the higher percentage shots? And what I mean by that is you constantly had looks inside. Constantly had looks inside. And you were missing a lot of those shots. You were kind of forcing up some threes, and they weren't going down. So wouldn't you feel better, especially when the game is still within the grasp, feel better about continuing to get those looks in the paint, knowing that you're eventually going to start knocking those down and you're going to make more frequently than you are the long-range shot? That's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm probably rationalizing the distance too much, maybe. But that got so frustrating. It's almost like, well, we can't make those shots, so now we just have to settle for these shots. And we've got to settle for them like two or three seconds into the shot clock. And then what's Ohio State do? They get a long rebound, they get out in transition, and they score. Then they get into rhythm. Then Jamison Battle, after his little drought there at the end of the first half, gets hot again in the second half. It just, yeah. Yeah. Frustrated me. Uh, Doug in his own inbox, in the Equitable Bank inbox, where they take banking personally. Doug says, uh, Nebraska basketball cannot stand prosperity. They actually controlled the game most of the first half, but they needed to run Battle off the three-point line. After about 12 minutes in the first half, they totally lost their energy on defense. Totally agree there. Uh, in most of Nebraska's losses, Tomanaga takes bad shots as well as Wiltshire. Also true. Uh, Mast evidently can't dunk. <laughs> he, he, Was that know, Zach? No. Oh, okay. But I, Zach has said the same thing. I, I've noticed it too. Same. He just... He I mean, I've seen him do it a few times. But he shot first had a seven footer like that one time, and we used my friends. We used to just lose our, you know what, when he would lay it up at seven feet. Yeah. Uh, Doug says I'm okay with no colic Saturday. Let him rest for the NCAA. Keep okay. Shaka from playing defense on the court tomorrow. Yeah. 
Teach him to wear uh, a quarter zip too. It, I know. For someone who is such a slick, yeah, you know, I always thought cool dude, great coach. I did, yeah. You would I, think I, he would be really rocking that quarter zip. It's very slick. I mean, it's it. I it's, guess it's the, weird that he goes with that look. Yeah, the the He's polo, the polo with the long it. sleeves underneath. It's uh, it's now his when, look. When the fact that he has hair now isn't even the Which biggest weird, story. Yeah. That's when you know he needs yeah. to rethink that. Yeah, he'd sure. look good in a Marquette quarter zip. Uh, Actually, co- he'd look good with the Kyle Neptune. I, I like Kyle Neptune. And it, he's got a oh, little the J right to him. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he looks, good look. He looks solid. That's why I root for him to do well. I hope it goes well for him at Villanova. Uh, Doug's thoughts on Kolick, though. This is, I, I think, a legitimate concern and probably a legitimate discussion that Marquette is having with the coaching staff and with Tyler Kolick and their medical staff. Is Sure, you would love to go into Creighton and win this game. But what's the ceiling compared to what's the floor? If you lose this game, you're not getting dinged. It's not like all of a sudden you're falling down to like a five seed. If you win this game, is there kind of a barrier that exists with Marquette right now when it comes to as high as they can? It's not like they're going to put themselves into a one seed conversation. Um, I'm looking at the latest bracket matrix they're sitting as a pretty solid two i just can't see marquette getting into a one seed scenario unless they were to not only win tomorrow but probably win the big east tournament then maybe depending on what happens with arizona maybe you find your way in but you still got to get i wouldn't care about that if i were shocked i I I, I don't either i don't either yeah i'm like make my team healthy many two many three seeds have won a a title before and we've talked about this many times this is a a season where i feel like whether you're a one seed or a five seed you got a shot well and i say it all the time a lot of times about matchups but seeding when you get to that point, your ones and your twos, yeah. it only matters as to what color jersey you're going to wear in the regional final. Should you play a one, it, I, I, I honestly would not care at all about yeah. where my seating is to where if my team, if let's say, all right, let's let's say you're Mac, and you're thinking, keep my guys healthy, let's play well, let's get a couple good wins to feel good about ourselves, and then if someone were to say, okay. What if you lose the first game in New York, but you have a good tournament run? I'm sign me up. Keep my guys healthy. Yeah, that's all I care about. Healthy, ready to go, playing your best basketball, and then just let the seeds and everything fall where they may. And then we'll you just go play who you play, and that's how you got to see it. Yeah, and that's I just never have gotten worked up about seeds. I'd be like, well, how do they look? Because how many times have there been a team be a one seed, but they're limping into the tournament and they don't go very far? Good morning, Purdue. But that's the thing. Whereas if Purdue using them as an example, let's say they're playing their best basketball, get the best matchups, but it, if they had a couple more losses, they end up a two instead of a one, and be like, oh, Purdue should have been a one, but yet they're playing good basketball. That's all that matters. Yeah, and, and that's where... Uh, Guarantee you, Shaka's like, I just want my guys healthy. Look at Colick. Well, the, this oblique injury is is an interesting one because I, I'm not going to play the medical expert, but I don't know how much worse he can make it, but I think it's more of a discomfort thing. Like, how much pain can you play with? And then you got to think about, okay, how effective are you going to be? If you're in constant pain with all of that movement and it just continues to aggravate and re-aggravate that just almost the overall discomfort. You almost want to shut him down to get to the... Yeah, hey, just to, to where you're feeling the good. The the thing. Right. Get and, your dude back. And so I, I, I think that that's a legitimate conversation that's probably taking place. Yes, it, it behooves Creighton if Tyler Kolick does not play. We get that. Well, that's a them problem. That's how they say this. Hey, we, we got to get better ourselves. Yeah. We play who we play. I just, I, I, I think 
there's obviously the Creighton fan looking at it. And I'm not saying Doug is looking at this from just truly the Creighton fan. But when he says rest for the NCAA tournament, I think that's a legitimate conversation. Or at, at least rest for the Big East tournament because you play this week, then you play next weekend, and then the regular season's over. So even if he were to miss tomorrow, maybe he suits up the following weekend because then you're talking about having almost 10 days off of being able to rest that injury. Again, to be able to manage the pain that comes with that and put any unnecessary... Because, you know, in injuries like that, yeah, you could have setbacks where you're feeling good, you're feeling good, and all of a sudden, as we've mentioned, a sneeze or something can all of a sudden make you feel it all over again. I've been through it. It's it's not pleasant. So, I, I you know, Doug, I think it's a real conversation that's taking place of if you want to do that. So, if you look at... What Marquette stands to gain with a victory over Creighton compared to resting a guy and having him as healthy as he possibly can be for the most important tournament, if it were me, I would strongly consider the latter there. But that's just me. I don't, I, I'm not wearing blue right now. So you take right, that. You look good today. Take that for what it is. Very March. Yeah, I am very March. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of spring, kind of Easterish. By the yeah. way, Easter's in March. It is. It's one of the rare uh, occasions that we get into March. It's the very last day of March. Shout out to the Easter Bunny, loyal sixteen twenty, the Zone listener. He's going to be busy. Is it a he or she? Oh, no, no, no. I haven't checked in his pants. <laughs> wow. Okay then. I mean, that's one way to find out, boy or girl. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm like bacon. Look at the size of that sausage. You're like I, I, I didn't look. I don't look at pigs. Um, Adam says this about the seeding. He says CU is a three seed playing for a two seed on Saturday and the rest of the season if they were to run the table. Marquette is a two seed playing for a one seed if they can run the table. They play UConn next week as well. So a one seed mm-hmm. is in the table if they run the table. So both teams are playing to improve their seeding if they can run the table. Okay, but Adam, you're right. All I'm saying is are you going to all of a sudden – it's not just, okay, so you've got UConn, Purdue, Houston, and Arizona. The most vulnerable one seed that I think there is right now is Arizona. But you also still got to remember, you've got Tennessee in front of you. Uh, some people, which I'm not a huge believer in North Carolina, some people got North Carolina in front of like a Marquette, Iowa State. So, yeah, there is what you could do to improve your seed. I'm telling you, though. Creighton is not going to – there's no way – and I know this, Adam's not saying this. Creighton has not find themselves on a one line, and a two line would be extremely – I think That's not happening. Yes, extremely ambitious. And for Marquette, They're I don't think anybody's, I don't think anybody's putting them in the one-seed yeah. conversation right now unless all of a sudden Arizona and or Houston they or They all get Purdue, COVID? Yeah, yeah, like just completely like tanked it. So in the, the sake of this discussion – of what you want to do with a Tyler Kolick, knowing that you're not going to dramatically, it's not like you're going to go from a five to a two or you know a six to a three. And if it even really matters this year, those are those are the, the things that I think are being probably weighed by this coaching staff when it comes to Tyler Kolick. I think there's definitely a ceiling. Good thing is there's also a floor, and they're very close to each other when it comes to there's a window and there's a wall. Now. How much you could fall, but also how much you can rise right now with where current projections have both Marquette and Creighton. So do that. Do with that as you will. I just, to me, it wouldn't be worth the risk if you still have a guy that's in a lot of discomfort. Hell, maybe he woke up yesterday and be like, you know what, I feel great. Or obviously he's going to be with the team. 
wakes up today or wakes up tomorrow. I'm like, I actually feel really good. I've been laughing too. No ill effects. I even had a, a massive sneeze and nothing happened. Okay. Game on then. But as far as <laughs> managing that type of injury, I would err on the side of caution. Hey, people that judge Nick here and laugh about, oh, how could you hurt your back sneezing? Just you wait. <laughs> it happens. It's not like Nick has just sat in a cubicle for 30 years. Dude has been active uh, his life. So I got this email from my buddy John yesterday uh, after the show, so I didn't get a chance to uh, share this. This was good, too. He said, um, don't worry about how you hurt your back. A friend of mine once tore his ACL putting his pants on. He was sober Ooh, at the time, too. That wins. That's, <laughs> and I'm not even judging. Oh, poor dude. <laughs> Wasn't that in uh, Revenge of the Nerds, too? And, uh, How old was that? Gil- Gilbert broke his leg playing chess. Yeah. It gets rough. You, uh, he didn't back see, in the 80s, it was a much more physical game. They didn't call a lot. You could do yeah. a lot. You could just throw chess peaches at uh, John, John did not say, um, John didn't say how old he is. I know how old John is, so I can tell you he's considerably younger than me. So if it's like one of his friends that's like around his age, yeah. That shouldn't be happening at, 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 at those young bucks' age. So, yeah, it does make me feel better. All right, when we come back, uh, Jimmy's got an update. We'll get back into some of the takeaways from last night. Also setting you up for a big college basketball weekend. Don't forget, going to have preview more of State Girls semifinals actions with Mike Patterson. Also maybe get his thoughts on a big hockey weekend for Omaha. He's on both beats. Uh, Mike Patterson joins us at 8 o'clock. We'll also be talking more about the Nebraska loss to Ohio State last night in a big matchup with the Rutgers on Sunday at PBA with Wilson Moore of the Omaha World Herald. That's all coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Update with Jimmy coming up. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.